Greetings, citizens. Space Ghost here, with salutations from deep within the bowels of outer space, urging you to keep listening and enjoying the Long Box Crusade Network. And they want me to ask you what's in your long box, which to me sounds unpleasant and unseemly, and nothing you would ask if you come from, say, a background where a nun would hit you in the hands with a ruler for asking, hey, Sister Mary, What's in your long box? See, you would not say, this sounds like something you wouldn't say to a nun. Nonetheless, it makes me uncomfortable, but he handed me money, so I read it. So keep listening to the Long Box Crusade Network. If you don't, a rutabaga will grow in your nose. Space Ghost, out! Showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode 59 of Saturday Matinee Theater, brought to you by your friends at the Long Box Crusade. We are back in jolly old England in our recording studio set up at 221B Baker Street. I am your host, Jared Ulrich, the yard sale artist. Some know me as Death Probe. And joining me, as always, is the Watson to my Sherlock. Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Christados. How are we feeling today, Dr. Christados? I'm not Dr. Christados. I'm Sledgely. <laughs> oh, Sledgely. Sledgely, yes. That's me. I'm your handsome cab driver. <laughs> okay, Sledgely. Okay. We'll just move on. <laughs> also join us in the Minecraft to my Sherlock. It's my older, wiser brother, Jason the Weasel Skull. Oh, brick. And how are you today, Weasel Skull? Jared, we have to have a talk. Go on. I was getting a cigar from your humidor, mm. and I noticed that there was some, looked like some DC action figures mm. that were in there. Then mm-hmm. I also saw there was like a Darth Vader, Mr. Potato Head. Mm. Oh. On your son's bed, there was a Captain America stuffed Stuff bear. bear. Yeah. Uh, and I just... Yeah, and then your other son had an X-Wing fighter. How did you get this X-Wing fighter, uh, yes. Jared? I had the little mini Gundams. Yes. Yeah. You, hey. Do you admit it? <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't have looked in that humidor. You wouldn't like that blend. That sounds like stuff I have. <laughs> <laughs> For those was, of you who can't see because it's a podcast, these are all things on the shelf behind Pat. I was just looking at the shelf behind Pat and picking things <laughs> off a shelf. It's like a Lego DeLorean, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. There was, uh, I, I see that. that that's the James Bond uh, thing I got you for Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Enough of those bits. We got to check in with our fourth and probably fan favorite member of the show. Once upon a time known as Hot Thing, but I think I lost that audio file. So <laughs> we have with us our constable, Delvin the Dark Web Wilkins. How do you do, Bobby Wilkins? I'm really in need of your help, actually. I right. have a very important case to get solved. And you know, Scotland Yard's breathing down my neck, and I just need to know, Jared, are, mm-hmm. are you going to help me? No. Mm-mm. Well, good day, sir. You can. He go. practically begged you, Jared. Sylvan, <laughs> if you do need some help, you know you know how to look me up. Just you can contact me. I'll help you out. Okay. Well, I guess we'll have to settle on that. You know, I mean, second. I mean, not second best. I, I mean, well, second best. <laughs> I'm a master of disguise. <laughs> it's me, Pat. 
You thought you were talking to Sudgley, right? I knew it was you. Your 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 beard was falling oh. off. <laughs> oh my goodness, Pat! Well, well, you're falling off on things. Go ahead and do your job. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. Saturday Matinee Theater is a retro review, sometimes index show, brought to you by the Lombox Crusade, where we'll be taking you back to the past with some potentially overlooked retro awesomeness in the realm of television, movie serials, or films. Basically, if it's vintage and it's kind of forgotten, we're going to dig it up. On this episode, we will continue our indexing of all 39 episodes of the 1954 television series Sherlock Holmes. 1954's Sherlock Holmes was produced by Sheldon Reynolds. It starred Ron Howard as Sherlock Holmes and H. Marion Crawford as Dr. Watson. So take off your deerstalker cap, light your pipe, get cozy by the fireplace, and let the soothing violin music of Mr. Sherlock Holmes whisk you away into the past. But make sure that you double tape that beard if you're going to wear it to fake everyone out. Well done. Well done. As always, Pat. Always. You're only going to get to play that song a couple more times. I know. I'm getting sad. I I thought about that as we were trying to figure out what episode we were on. And this is 36 of the series. Oh, man. Before we head over to Delvin for this episode's info, let's take a look, or in this case, a listen to a commercial that would have been playing at the time this episode was released back in 1955. This will help us get to the right time frame of mind, if you will. Transport us back to the 50s. Much like Pat's violin playing for this episode's commercial retro rewind, we have Golden Fluffo, which was also my nickname in college. Hi, I'm Mike Wallace with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffo, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow Fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer-looking, better-tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get Golden Fluffo. Okay, so what did you guys think of Golden Fluffo? It's like a Tina Turner. (laughs) Anyway, Delvin, you get to go first. Well, Jared, I just want to let you know that Mike Wallace, only white man to make me moist. I had thoughts on Mike Wallace, but I'd, I'd forgotten the, I think there's a Nutty Professor reference. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, but the commercial itself, it, it, it was awesome. I guess if I need some awesome pies and they got like a baking champion up in there to talk about, this fluffo is the bomb, yo. Because that's exactly how they talk back in the 50s. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was cool stuff. You say some baking champion? That woman was the Indiana State Fair baking champion. Please pardon me, Jason. Oh, that Excuse woman me. can 
bake some pies, let me tell you. Well, you can take over after this. You know good and well back in 1954 that, like, to have that ribbon, she put that up in her house. And when she, people came in, it's like, oh, oh, this whole thing? Oh, I just want it for my shoe fly pie. It's the <laughs> then her friends one. all left, like, well, bye. Thank you for having some. What a did you see? <laughs> we just had to strap new stuff. Didn't Next you? time y'all come over, bring your ribbons. Oh wait, <laughs> oh, oh, you don't have ribbons, <laughs> but you can look you at probably, mine. <laughs> you probably use that white shortening. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> spend a few extra cents to get you that golden fluff. Oh, maybe you win a ribbon. Oh, I don't know what voice I was doing, but that's not an Indian. <laughs> my went right back to Mary Jane. <laughs> it was a quasi Mary Jane thing. You oh, both lived goodness. in Indiana. You should know an Indian. You think we would know? Yeah, Pat, what do you got on Golden Fluffo? I didn't know what to expect. What Golden Fluffo was until they started going into it. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I just got mesmerized by those nice looking pies. Man, were mm. those some thick pies? I'm like, they don't make pies like this anymore. Cakes and I got and hungry. Pies, and and pies. <laughs> mm, mm. Man. And just the flakiness. Oh, man. Did you see the size of that pie, man? That thing was oh. like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so good. My mouth was just, I was just like watering. I'm like, oh, man. And that was in black and white too, man. That was like they were advertising a golden fluffo in black and white. I could swear I could see the golden fluffo. They even told you at one point in the commercial, like it's yellow. <laughs> they like that. It cut into that pie, and it was just like the apple was just coming. I'm like, oh man, my diabetes. I think my numbers went up <laughs> just watching golden fluffo. Yes. Uh, it's shortening everybody. Jason, <laughs> you get to bring it home. No, you guys said it all. Uh, golden Fluffo, I didn't know what it was coming in. The last day was shortened and saw that pie that that lady baked. I was looking around like, does she have a husband or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I'm single. I don't know. How old would she be now? Does she still have that Golden Fluffo hanging around? I don't want I, that pie. I wouldn't want that pie. I want that. Remember that refrigerator we had? Just imagine mm-hmm. that that refrigerator was full of all those golden fluffo pies. Oh, oh man. Man, oh, man. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry. I'm I'd hungry. be driving my Cadillac back home really fast. <laughs> Anyways, we're off the off the track here. I'll give it to Delvin in a second. I have one extra thing to add. Was My mind was blown because I know Mike Wallace from 60 Minutes as I knew him in probably the late 80s and early 90s. And I'm like, he looks the same in 1950. <laughs> Does he just lather himself with golden fluffo to stay young or something? <laughs> I don't know. I'm or, not even. Or on the flip side of that, did he used to look old back then? I, I, don't, I don't know. It's like a Benjamin Button situation going on here. I, I'm yeah. going to go with that. He got a lot to do this commercial. He got like all he could have golden fluffo. So he started putting it on his skin to just kind of yeah. preserve him. I think that's what people I do it with coconut oil. Why not fluffo? I couldn't believe it because I was like, he kind of looks same so was he an old looking young man or i don't know anyways that's not the mystery we're here to solve we're here to solve some sherlock holmes mysteries and with that it's over to delvin love that transition episode 37 with just three to go was titled the case of the neurotic detective the original air date was 11 july 1955 the director, Steve Previn, the writer, Lou Morheim, with guest stars, Archie Duncan as Lestrade, Russ Caprio as Tony Judson, June Elliott as Jennifer Ames, 
Seymour Green as the commissioner and K. Richard Lark as Wilkins. Wilkins. As a reminder, all 39 episodes are available on YouTube. We highly encourage you to watch this episode before proceeding with this podcast, because not only is it just more fun that way, but Jared is about to give a synopsis about this episode, and then we're going to discuss it. There are probably some spoilers heading your way, so if you haven't watched, we recommend you pause here, go check it out on YouTube, and come back to join our discussion. It's only 26 minutes, y'all, so it's not that big of a time demand. For those of you who are watching along with us, we'd love to hear your insights. Don't forget to comment about the show on Twitter using the hashtag I'm following Holmes. Jared. Hashtag I'm following Holmes. Hashtag Golden Fluffo. Fluffo! Jason. Hashtag I'm Sledgely following Holmes. Fat. <laughs> hashtag I'm Fluffo Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> no good hashtag tonight. Hashtag I'm following Holmes, possibly Golden Fluffo. And here's Jared with the episode summary. rash of robberies big time robberies state secrets and even some crown jewels have been stolen and scotland yard does not have the first clue so naturally lestrade comes to holmes hat in hand and asks for help holmes is very aloof and refuses which watson finds most distressing even more distressing watson starts to suspect that holmes is behind all the robberies so watson sets out to investigate holmes which, as one would suspect, is quite the difficult task. Is Holmes truly the mastermind behind all these thefts? Will Watson be able to prove his friend is innocent, or maybe even guilty? And just how much has Watson learned about disguise crafting from Holmes? Tune in and find out. Oh, boys. I was so excited when I watched this one because I want to talk to you guys <laughs> so much. You know what? I won't even I won't even interject my thoughts on it just yet. And per the script, it looks like Jason gets to go first this time. So, Jason, lead us off with the highs and lows of this interesting episode. I think I'm going to start us off with a hot take, man, and that might be an unpopular opinion, but I did not care for the fact that Holmes just straight up lied and cut out Watson. Number one, it just seemed so counter to the Holmes-Watson duo that we've come to know and love over this series. And number two, it was kind of a dumb thing to do because it would have been smarter just to bring him in and say, hey, look, if you start to see diamonds and S showing up in the apartment, here's why. It would have saved us all a lot of trouble. Of course, you know, they needed some way to get the story off the ground. So I get that. But I, I just couldn't quite get over how uncomfortable it made me feel 
seeing our boys at odds with each other. I just didn't like it. I know it's kind of probably going to be a hot take coming out of the gate, but there it is. Hmm. I thought it was good because I thought it actually brought something different to the show that we haven't seen. And so then you get some more character moments with Watson going on here and kind of fit in with the title of neurotic. So, you know, Holmes was, he wasn't himself, you know, was he a sneaky Holmes? Was he, you know, the thiefy Holmes or was he Holmes by himself? So you saw kind of two sides to him. Yeah. And I think that's the thing with this episode is there's, there's the two sides of it. Yeah. we it, it, uh, Clearly they were looking to do something kind of fresh and fun and new, but to Jason's point, it felt a little forced and contrived. My man ran into a poison room to save his boy. He could have at least told him what was going on. That's what I'm saying. Where's the loyalty? Where's the loyalty, Holmes? Come on. Well, it's Delvin's turn to talk, so Delvin. It's worth noting that Holmes by himself would clearly be called Holmes Alone. Ah! <laughs> You've been sitting on it for how many days? <laughs> No, just 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 those few minutes. I heard him, I heard him say it. Lost <laughs> and, and that idea went up the jump tree, and I'm like, "Am I dropping it? Am I dropping it? Okay, screw it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it." I'm definitely opposed on uh, to Jason on this one because it intrigued me because of the fact that Holmes and Watson have been peas and carrots. I was like, why is he acting like this? This is so mysterious. And then if they could have, I mean, they couldn't have, but had they stopped it at like the 13 minute point where it looked like Holmes was like in on the robberies, it was like, oh, what a great cliffhanger going into the next one. I thought it was really good. And the Holmes-Watson opposition to each other that dynamic isn't, I mean, I'm thinking like maybe later years with uh, the Cumberbatch Freeman, like they trusted each other implicitly, but at the same time, there was always something that was a little bit askew to where like Holmes was so eccentric that you would maybe suspect that maybe he had something else going on in the background. Maybe it was drugs. Maybe it was some woman he was thinking about. Maybe it was some other entirely different case that they weren't working on at the time. But I do agree that this iteration of Holmes, him and Watson were more buddy-buddy. So it was a little bit out of character for him to shut Watson out like that. But I thought that that made for an intriguing mystery as to why. Good question to ask yourself as you're going through that, Delvin, which... Is understandable. Is would this version of Watson be able to sit on the secret very well? No. <laughs> Over to you, Pat. It's your turn to talk anyway. And I agree with you. I think he, he, he he's in too many tells. He would have spilled the beans a little straight so quickly. <laughs> Even if he didn't want to. But anyway, that's my opinion. Pat, it's your turn to talk. And I think that's what really for me made this because you know if when it came back to it and how we find out what the actual deal was watson was never going to be able to keep that to himself and for holmes to tell him that oh yeah he could definitely not keep it to himself but what i like about this one is that it's different it's different from what we've seen there was no flashback i was kind of waiting for a flashback Never saw a flashback. So right away that got me more interested and that it was different in a way that Holmes wasn't acting himself. 
you got more of Watson and then you got more fun of Watson and Lestrade just trying to do some fun stuff together as well, too. I thought that was very good character moments for them as well. And, you know, it was a good mystery. Like Delvin said, the minute that they actually shown before they went to the commercial of Watson overhearing Holmes talk about the robbery, I was like, oh, what's this going on here? He, there was a reason why he was doing it, but it was still interesting to find out, well, why is he really doing this? And back in 55, you would have had to wait until that Golden Fluffo commercial was over before you could get back to that. <laughs> then you're all distracted thinking yeah. about pies. And stuff. I was going to say, you'd have to be like, ah, I got to run to the fridge and get a pie. Fair point. Fair point, Pat. Um, and, and just, you know, for you listeners at home, of course, I do a little more research for fun facts and whatnot. So I get into the episodes and I go look at what other people have written about them, thoughts and opinions. And we're very uh, representative of what I found online. There's people that didn't like the sort of betrayal of the friendship. And then there's other people that did like it because it was a new flavor. So you're not hearing anything here. We didn't even, we haven't even approached the fact that they beat the crap out of some security guard in their little (laughs) pretend scheme. (laughs) You know, so sacrifices have to be made. I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they were made tougher in the 19th century, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jason, the floor is yours again, sir. Well, I snuck in that point about the guard getting, beat up because really that I for, was, actually forgot about that. <laughs> that <laughs> just play along you sort of I didn't want my second one to be be another negative because I did actually enjoy the episode I like the elements of the episode a lot of which you folks have already covered and then the one point that we haven't really talked about yet is even though it took them a while to make that track in their mind Lestrade and Watson did come up with stealing state secrets and they did show up to bust up the plot so kudos to them for actually mm-hmm. figuring yeah. it mm-hmm. out yeah definitely i i feel like the maybe they would have everyone would have felt better about the relationship if they maybe added just a couple lines from holmes about how proud he was of watson for the work he did because mostly he made him look like a fool <laughs> the whole thing. yeah let's stand there with his hands still up the whole time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was funny, though, when he was trying to, when Watson was trying to track down Holmes and Holmes was like, dude, really? (laughs) He's literally standing like four inches from his face. (laughs) And if anything, that was kind of like the Holmesian between that and like he talked to the dude and like broke down like the reason, like like, he was showing all the details that he saw. I'm like, oh, that's, that's Holmes. That is the Holmes that. Mm-hmm. I've seen from Cumberbatch and from uh, Jeremy Brett too. Uh, the two episodes I've watched of that series, where he's so meticulous and just breaks down everything that he could see right through the scam immediately. So I, I enjoyed that part too. Pat, you look like you're going to chime in before we move on. Oh, I was just going to say, Delvin Brain brings up, you know, Sneaky Watson. <laughs> sneaky with a question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, s- <laughs> sneaky, sneaky with a P at the start of it. Sneaky <laughs> Sledgely. Yeah, I just think that was a fun part to see him kind of, you know, try to follow Holmes around. And then, like Delvin said, just Holmes just seeing right through it and then seeing right through the disguise that he had as well, too, as Sledgely. Uh, I thought it was still good that Watson was trying to do something. And I think at the end, Holmes kind of gave him a, you know, attaboy. You you did what you could. And he sure did. You know, we had to, I had to lead you on like this. And you played around good because if you were fooled, Watson, then we did our job. Fair enough. It is Delvin's official 
high and low route. I love that Watson protected his friend. His faith in Holmes was so unshakable that he was like, if he is in on this scheme, something is mentally wrong with him. And we don't need to throw him in jail. We need to stop him from doing what he's doing. And we need to just get him somewhere and get him some rest and recovery. And like the whole time, he never lost faith in his friend. And that's actually pretty dang awesome. The other part that I wanted to add on it is, not to sound like, you know, a a, a tinfoil hat person, but my God, that was not a good scheme by the government. (laughs) It's like, really? (laughs) We're going to stage these crimes and set off national hysteria just to test our security system? Come on, y'all. Don't you have a rat team somewhere? (laughs) Keep this in house. Come on. So yeah, I'll throw that critique in and I'm done. (laughs) Excellent. Pat, you get to bring us home. You know, I really don't have much more to say about it. Um, I think we've covered really a lot of the the points about it. I've said my piece in in throughout the rest of this conversations here. Pat, running short on notes is not something I'm used to. (laughs) I've got a few things. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should get Pat maybe out into the country, some rest and relaxation. (laughs) Some fresh air, some sun. We go to Switzerland, Pat, just get you up in the mountains. (laughs) You know, it was a good one. I enjoyed it. We have we have covered a lot. I think the folks have kind of picked up that this is more of a it's an interesting episode because you do feel uncomfortable with the divide between them, but it's more of a comedy episode than a mystery episode. Is there's a lot of laughs. I, I I will forever give credit to Ron Howard the way he delivered that sledgely. <laughs> he did it in such that a perfect. I didn't even come close, but his perfect delivery of it when Watson's clearly been busted and he's i love how watson's sticking with it even though he knows he, he tried he tried got the beard all half hanging out <laughs> he's like um no nope, sir it's yeah. sledgely very well then sledgely <laughs> he tried to follow Holmes twice once he didn't get off the door stoop the second time he made it like a half a block uh, oh, we didn't talk about how he had to fend off the cab but, yeah, i was just waiting gonna say home. the poor couple that just wanted to go and elope they can't even do it. <laughs> Elope with someone else. <laughs> They'll never yeah. understand our love. It's <laughs> us against the world. Yeah, they were definitely having some fun on this one. Uh, one more. I guess I had a few more things, but okay. Who played the therapist or whatever? It's like, man, I know that guy. Yeah, you do. I think I know what it is. Uh, all right, go ahead. It's not even in my fun facts. I didn't write it in the fun facts because I didn't want anybody to read ahead and spoil it. <laughs> Is it Harry Crocker? You know it is. Oh, yes. Yes. Eugene Decker's uncredited appearance. Oh, man. Well done, Pat Eagle Eye. All right. Speaking of fun facts with Jared, this episode has another credits screw up. The end credits on this episode are actually from episode 30, the case of the Eiffel Tower. Also, this episode was remade for the 1979 series, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, which was also produced by Sheldon Reynolds. It's also all on YouTube, by the way. So if you guys get interested in watching Sheldon Reynolds' second effort in 79, I did find them all on YouTube, and I'm probably going to end up watching them myself. 
And third and final, let's talk about Lou Morheim, who wrote this episode and several other episodes. I did a little research on him, and this was like a stepping stone for him, this this writing gig. Then he kind of got bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger in Hollywood. He ended up being like the pinnacle of his career. He was a producer on 1960's The Magnificent Seven, which is a fantastic movie, by the way. It's If you've never seen the original Magnificent Seven, it's really, really good, really well filmed. And Lou Morheim, the guy who started writing scripts here at Sherlock Holmes, was a producer on it. So it only took him what five years to go from writing home scripts to being a producer on one of the best western movies ever made everybody get your pipes ready okay just a reminder for you folks at home if this is your first episode well welcome i'm glad you're here here's how our pipe ratings work if you give it five pipes that's all your pipes that means you loved it four means you thought it was very good and three it was good and two it was just okay and one i did not like it Interesting to see where the pipes fall on this one because we had different outlooks on it. As, like I said, I found online, there's definitely two camps on this one. So we will start with Jason, who had the most sort of dissenting feel about this episode. One to five, how many pipes? Well, I certainly, I can't say that I didn't like it. It was good. It was enjoyable, despite my hot take there at the beginning. I think I'm into three on this one. I liked it. I'll give it a solid three. Okay, cool. Pat? I'm all in on this one. I loved it. I thought it was just a fun rob again, something different that we haven't seen. So it's all getting all five pipes, boys. I'm going pipeless this time. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. Pat with the five. Oh, got two extra from Jason. So oh, he's doing pipe math again. We'll, just, we'll let him work on that while we check in with Delvin. You going to split the middle? Going to go with that four? Are you going to go with team Jason? You going to go with team Pat? The world needs to know. I'm going with team Pat. I mean, intriguing episode. Ooh. Plus Wilkins, plus Harry Crocker. That's the gist of the crop there. Yeah, that's the gist of my argument. I, I'll repeat it. <laughs> so what you're saying is, <laughs> I ho- so hopefully you picked up the nuances of that as I slide all five of my pipes. And because I thought it, it was fantastic and intrigued me right until the end. There are funny character beats. There were serious character beats and there were, cool Holmes character beats with all of his stuff and his detection skills of how he caught Watson twice and how he dissected the doctor who came in immediately about how he wasn't a doctor. Yeah, he ah, actually, definitely. He actually I caught really like Watson it. three times in the room with Watson's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. You know, he's like, eh, man, Watson... Well, I got to tell you guys, going into this, I was at a firm four, but then Delvin brought the argument of, oh, there you go. So I, I, I think I'll, I think you persuaded me. I think I'll go five on this. Because <laughs> it was so much. Y'all we'll, crazy. We'll leave crazy. Jason on three island. No, I seriously think that the this episode got rushed. I mean, I think the clues are there for us. We've got an uncredited Eugene Deckers, which means he probably just stepped in to do a filler piece. We had the wrong credits at the end of the mm-hmm. The Valid. film. Valid. It, and it just felt to me like this is a contrived story. I, I'll admit the performances were great. I enjoyed the performances. I thought they were funny. But no, nah, it's it's far from a five for me. All I can say is, you know, that was it. <laughs> That's true. There's really once Delvin says <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the argument. <laughs> no, I was about to say, as I was leaning towards my four, it kind of lost a point for not having a real mystery, you know, because I'm a little kind of a classic, you know, I like to see home 
solve the mystery. But it, the other guys just sold me on how fun and different and cliffhangery it was at the time. So anyways, it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. And with that, let's get to the 221B mailbag. As always, we're thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade and they enjoy early access to special long box episodes, voting on show content, raffle prizes, so much more. These are the folks who are reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to our show. And Helica Wolf. Alburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it or Golden Fluffo it. Raxton Underwood. Captain Entropy. Clinton Robinson. Dave Collins, you know him as Battlewagon. Gary V. Gerald Green. Jason oh, uh, no. <clears throat> Jason King. Jeremy L. Do it, Jason. Jimmy Jim Jarman. Jimmy Jim Jarman. Jimmy Jim Jarman. I hope you like the Jarman too. Smooth. Joe Thomas. John Watson. Jose Boyo. <laughs> Josh Strickland. Kathy Bright. The Monstrous. Mark Hatherley, Maxwell Traver, Michael Wagner, Miranda W, P.D. Devins, Paul Hicks. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I don't know what an Australian rooster sounds like. <laughs> it's a chuck, right, Pat? He told us it's called chuck. Yeah, chuck. chuck. Yep. Okay. Rick from Jeff and Rick present. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sledgely. And Sean Urbanski. Happy <laughs> off guard. <laughs> Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And Brad Morin. And of course, if we missed anyone, we apologize. Remember that we record these things well in advance of release. So if you're a recent edition, we will add you soon. If you're particularly bothered by it, you can send an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. That Pat answers all those emails. So air any grievances about your Crusaders Club status or any of your grievances with life. Just send it to contact at longboxcrusade.com. If you're a Crusaders Club member, which is patreon.com slash longboxcrusade for only a dollar a month, Pat will actually respond to you with good advice for any problem you have. Yep, if I'm you're not... He forwards it to Jason, and Jason responds to yeah. you with the So I'm thinking of starting a new column. It's called Dear Sledgely. <laughs> Dear Sledgely. Mm-hmm. And I give advice. Mm-hmm. I got my advice ready, so, you know, send them my way. <laughs> so Crusaders Club members, Pat gives them advice. You're not Jason gives you the advice. You get what you pay for. And oh, by the way, it's as little as a dollar a month just to join the Crusaders Club. Again, that's patreon.com slash Crusaders Club. And if you love our show and you love what we do, but you don't have that extra money laying around, we get it. Times can be tough. You want to give us help here? Head on over to, you know, your iTunes platform, if that's where you're listening to it on, or, or Apple Podcasts, I think they call it now, and give us a review, you know, maybe a five-star review and some thoughts down there in the comments, and we'll be happy to read your comments on the show. All right, let's get into shares, likes, retweets for episode 57, which is the last time we did some homes. That was the case of the Haunted Gainsborough. And we had special guest Rob Morgan on that show. And here are your shares, likes, and retweets. Go ahead, Jason. Kathy Bright, Chris, Ed, EPO, and Backbooks. Woo! Oh, let's pass on. Woo! Oh, Jason's on. Woo! I don't know. No, 
And that was it. A little too short there, people. We need those shares, likes, and retweets out there. We appreciate all the ones we get, though. And we actually had a pretty amusing comment for this one. And as it's Delvin's turn, Delvin, would you mind taking the comment? Absolutely. It was from the MVP herself, Kathy Bright, who says, So wonderful to hear Connery from the great beyond. Wait a minute. That was Jared, fooled again by his Sean impression. Hashtag, I'm following Holmes. <laughs> I tell you what, we did get some good feedback on that bit. A lot of people were abused by it. And credit where it's due, Jason. Somebody, it might have been Kathy. Somebody reached out to me and was like, that was really, really funny. Like all those rhyming lines. And I was like, to be honest with you, Jason wrote all the rhyming lines before recording. You came up with the line that was, it's just for your own health and sick. <laughs> That was funny. That was funny. That was, that was, that's right. But credit where it's due. Jason cooked up the whole ghost cottery bit. He wrote all the rhymes. I freestyled a couple of things, but yeah, it came together rather well. And I'm glad people were entertained by speaking of Jason. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Saturday matinee theater. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, check out the long box crusade. Pat, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers, or at www.longboxcrusade.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jason. Thank you, Pat. And if you want to hear from us on our track through all the James Bond films, check out Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast. Jared, where can they find that? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, which not too long ago was ranked the number five best James Bond podcast in the world. And if you want to help us get to number four, you can check us out on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast. That's on iTunes, Google Play, pretty much all your podcasters. Wherever you listen to this, you can find that. Check out On Her Majesty's Secret Podcast to listen to the same crew talk about James Bond stuff. You can go to www.secretpodcast.podbean.com if you want it directly. Or you can always hit us up on Twitter at OHMS. Pod. Back to you, Jason. Well, thank you, Jared. And I know you guys are expecting us to go back to Gotham City, but wait! Next episode is a special episode. It's number 60 for us, the big 6-0, so we're going to take a special movie break. And what is that movie going to be? Well, we don't know yet. Only DJ Cristados knows, and he's not telling. But as soon as we know, we'll let you know on the social medias. See you there. 